We are looking tonight at the topic of forgiveness. And C.S. Lewis said this. C.S. Lewis said that everybody thinks forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. I've heard people say, and I, I do believe it's true, that one of the greatest problems for the Church of the Living God is this area of forgiveness, just being able to forgive people the wrongs that they do us. Living in a broken world, people are going to do you wrong for a variety of reasons. They're going to do you wrong because they don't even notice sometimes. They're going to do you wrong because of their own problems. Uh, they're going to do you wrong in, in all kinds of ways. It's just what happens when you live in a broken world. But we as believers have, we have to forgive. You remember the Lord's Prayer. The Lord's Prayer uh, is Christianity 101, very basic, right? And um, what it says is that forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. So basic to Christianity is this issue of forgiveness. Now, we're going to try and go through it. We may not get through it all tonight, but we're going to try and go through it. And part of our problem with forgiveness is that we really don't understand it very well, uh, that we've got notions and ideas uh, regarding forgiveness. Um, forgiveness does not mean forgetting. You can't forget. That's not in your power to actually forget something. Now, it does mean deciding you're not going to remember, but that's different to forgetting, right? <clears throat> but forgiveness is essential. Horty Candle uh, wrote a book on forgiveness. And he tells about a time when someone was very near and dear to him and they hurt him greatly. He doesn't say who it was or exactly what they did, only that the pain was deep and the hurt profound because he had looked to this person as a surrogate father figure. The anger that he felt overwhelmed him. At length, he talked it over with Joseph's son of Romania. After he poured out all the sordid details of this, what his so-called friend had done to him, he paused, waiting for Pastor Son to say, Artie, you are right to feel so angry. What happened to you was awful, but he didn't. After listening to all the details, Joseph's son said simply, you must totally forgive them. Pastor Candle was dumbfounded, so he started to tell the story all over again, this time adding more details. Joseph's son interrupted him with words that would change Artie Kendall's life. You must totally forgive them, release them, and you will be set free. Release them and you will be set free. If you harbor lack of forgiveness towards people that have done you wrong, you're the one that's bound. And it's so easy for us to do. We get caught up in this thing because people did do us wrong. And we get caught up in it and we end up being the ones that are bound. In Matthew 18, turn to Matthew 18. We're looking at verse 21. We're going to read a familiar passage. Right? Matthew 18 and verse 21. Give you a moment to get there, right? Okay, verse 21. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him till seven times? Now, um, Peter is being very spiritual as far as he's concerned. What he's doing is he's, 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 he's willing to forgive uh, seven times. Right? And that, 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 that was a loss. And um, <clears throat> so, so he comes to Jesus and he says, how often do I have to forgive? Obviously, he's struggling with the issue, right? Jesus said unto him, 
I say not unto thee until seven times, but until 70 times seven. Now, 70 times seven is 490 times. It's really an infinite uh, amount of times that you've got to forgive, that you and I have got to forgive. Jesus saith unto him, sorry, therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him 10,000 talents. Now, 10,000 talents, just for a while I figure on this, would say 50 million euros. It's a, 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 an impossible sum to repay. If you owed somebody 50 million euros and you paid them back, you know, all your wages for the rest of your life, you still couldn't pay them back 50 million euros. That's what Jesus is trying to uh, make, make known for us. He's, he's trying to show us this person had a debt that was no way that he could pay, right? Um, but for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and his children and all that he had and payment to be made. Right, so that was the, the Lord's right. You owed a debt. You couldn't pay the debt. So I'm going to sell you and your family, and I'm going to take the money. They're going to be, you're all going to be sold as slaves, and I'm going to take whatever I get out of it. Right? It's Old Testament bankruptcy. Uh, you didn't get to walk away. Uh, you, you became a slave for it. But for, for as much as he had not to pay, sorry, uh, the servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all, right? So the guy doesn't want to go to prison. He doesn't want his family to go to, go to um, uh, be sold. And um, so he says, look, look, be patient. I will pay it all. It's impossible. There's no way he's going to be able to pay it all. It doesn't matter how, how hard he works. Uh, there's no way he's going to actually get all this money paid back, right? Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion, and he loosed him and forgave him the debt. Now, catch the picture there. He owes the man 50 million. Uh, he can't pay it. There's no way he's going to ever be able to pay it. And because he can't pay it, and because he pleads with, with, with the Lord, instead of demanding it all from him, instead of selling him and his family, he says, look, you're free. You don't owe me anything. I'm letting it go. It's over. Right? So he loosed him, and he set him free. And, and that's the, the, the core thought of forgiveness here. We're going to lose people and set them free. They don't owe us anything. All right? Now, we, 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 we'll flesh it out. But that's our core thought here. We're going to lose them and set them free. They don't owe us anymore. Uh, but the same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me all that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Same thing as this man had asked of his master, whom he owed um, 50 million to, but this guy owes only about 100 euros. Right? And he says, Look, look have patience, and I will pay you all. Right? And he would not. But he went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. But his Lord had compassion on him and loosed him, forgave him, set him free. But when it came to him getting the money from this man that owed him much less, he wasn't compassionate. He wasn't forgiving. Instead, he demanded that it all be paid or else the man 
uh, was to be uh, sold. He was to be cast into prison. So when his fellow, fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry and came and told unto the Lord all that was done. Now, wouldn't you be? If you saw that situation, you saw somebody who's forgiven 50 million and the master just lets him go and he walks out free and on, on his way out of it, uh, he meets somebody that owes him 100 and he goes after that person and when they can't pay, uh, he has them put in prison. Wouldn't you be disturbed by that? Wouldn't you be really frustrated and annoyed by that? Well, so these servants were. Uh, then his Lord, verse 32, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt because thou desirest me. Shouldst not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? Right? It's very reasonable, isn't it? I forgave you all that debt. Listen, that cost me to forgive you that debt. 50 million in anybody's book is a lot of money. It cost me to forgive you, but I forgave it all to you. I released you and let you go completely. Shouldn't you have had, <clears throat> shouldn't you have had pity on, on this servant in the same way as I have pity on you? And we would say, yeah, that's reasonable, isn't it? Okay, now, <clears throat> obviously, what Jesus is talking about here is the great debt that he's forgiven you. How much did you owe him? And eternity in hell was the only way that you could have paid, and you couldn't have even paid it back at that. Your sin was so great that nothing but Jesus Christ coming and dying on a cross and paying the price for it could actually pay for your sin. There was no other, other way it could be paid. And what did he do? He gave you that freely. He released you and let you go. Let you, you came to him and you said, Lord, forgive me. And he said, yes. And he released you and let you go. Now, <clears throat> there's a carry-on here that we need to understand that's spiritual, that's not just natural or human or anything like that. And the carry-on is this. Since he has released us from a debt we could never pay, he expects others he expects us to release others too. And that's our basis. Our basis is because I have been forgiven this huge debt that I'm supposed to forgive others too. We tend, though, very often not to see it as clearly as that, don't we? I mean, God can forgive you, and yet you will hold somebody else accountable for the wrong they've done you, and you want to demand payment. You want them to pay you. You want them to give it back. You want them to, uh, to actually suffer because of the way they've made you suffer. And some of you have suffered greatly at the hands of people. Some of you have had people hurt you in deep ways that there's, there's really uh, no way for it to be taken away, that you carry the scars of it and the difficulty of it all your life. And it's very human thing to want somebody else to suffer when they've made us suffer. But Jesus says, no. I took your sin on my shoulders. You have got to let go. You have got to release other people and let them go. And if you don't, there's going to be a problem between you and Jesus. All right? Now, look what he says here in verse 34. 
And his Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. Right? So his Lord was wroth and he said, okay, that's it. Take him to prison, put him away. And I, he's going to be tormented until all that was due is paid. And since he can't pay it, that's going to be a very long time. But look at verse 35. Because here's the whole point of the story. Right? So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. Right? What happens is when you won't forgive, you get given to the tormentors. When you won't actually let it go, you end up being tormented. The person that you're that you're holding uh, that you're uh, won't forgive or that you're bitter against may not even know, but you're going to know, because what's going to happen is you're going to be given over to some tormentors until you actually come to the place where you're ready and willing to forgive and let them go. So it's not an option for a Christian. Forgiveness is not an option. Forgiveness, you can never afford to say, I can't forgive. You may definitely feel, and you may reasonably, humanly speaking, not be able to forgive, but you can't refuse to forgive. Now, again, let me say this. I don't want to get, put anybody under, under an impossible burden. Right? You may need help coming to the place where you're able to release somebody and let them go. But it's not optional. You have to release them and let them go. You have to come to that place. What you're fighting for cannot be to get even. What you're fighting for cannot be you waiting for them to get theirs. What you've got to be fighting for is to come to the place where you're ready and willing to forgive, to let go. God doesn't expect us to, you know, miraculously turn things around in a heartbeat. But he does expect us to turn our hearts and say, okay, Lord, if that's what you want, then Lord, I'm not. That's where I want to go, Lord, help me, take me. And when you will do that, you'll be amazed at what God can overcome within you. Right? So this sermon could be put in one sentence, release them and you will be set free. The very moment we say those words, the mind begins to argue, but you don't know, don't know what he did to me. They lied about me over and over again. She intended to destroy my career, and she did. Uh, you can't imagine the hell I've been through. If you knew what this has done to my family, you would be angry too. They deserve to suffer like they made me suffer. I'm going to make them pay. My daughter was raped. How do you forgive that? I was sexually abused by a priest. How do you forgive that? I will never forgive those people. Never. Right? That's where we, where we rapidly end up going. And like C.S. Lewis said, everyone thinks forgiveness is a lovely idea until they have something to forgive. But when you have something that you got to forgive, then, then it's different, right? So forgiveness, first of all, is truly a Christian virtue, right? <clears throat> Consider what the Lord says in, in, in Luke 6, 37. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. You know, Jesus doesn't say, love me, and I'll love you back, right? He doesn't say, love, and you will be loved. You're loved. That's automatic. You know, the, the, there's nothing you can do to stop that in a sense. You are loved, right? But when it comes to forgiveness, and forgiveness, remember, is an integral part of relationship. You can't have a solid relationship with somebody uh, that you've got to, uh, that you're bitter against. 
Forgiveness is an integral part of it. And if you won't forgive, there's going to be a problem between you and God. So in other words, the, the, the horizontal plane affects the vertical. When I won't deal with, with humanly, and what that does is that affects my, my relationship with God, uh, you can't stop that in a sense. You've got to be willing to deal on the horizontal plane. You've got to be willing to forgive, to let go, even when people don't get sorry. Right? Matthew 6, 15, but if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Now, folks, I don't mean this. I'm not, let me just dispel this for you. I don't mean that if you're bitter, you're not going to hell. All right? But understand this, that if you're bitter, you're not going to enjoy the sweetness of relationship with God. If you won't forgive, and there is a difference between I won't and I want to, but I'm having a hard time. There's a big difference between those two. But if you won't forgive, if you set your heart not to forgive because what they did was so bad and you want to get even with them and you want to sort of that, you're going to affect, drastically affect your relationship with God. Like few other things will, will affect it. Uh, Paul said this in Ephesians 4.32, and be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Right? And so here's, here's the issue. The issue is that if we, if we want to have good relationships, a good relationship with God and a good relationship with people, uh, we've got to be able to forgive them for the things that they did. Uh, Ephesians, um, Colossians 3.13 says, forbearing one another and forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Now, Peter knew the value of forgiveness. Remember, the Lord forgave him for denying him. Um, but uh, we're supposed to forbear one another and forgive one another if any man have a quarrel against any. And um, sometimes we're waiting for other people to make a way, for other people to come to their senses and see it our way and actually uh, deal with it our way. Uh, how's that going for you? Doesn't work out so well, does it? So often they never actually come to the place where they see it. And does that mean then that if they don't actually come to the place where they see it and deal with it, then I'm stuck with it? No. You can actually forgive them and let it go, even if they're not willing to deal with it. You can forgive them and let it go. First Corinthians 13, verse 5 says this. Uh, <clears throat> talking about love. It says, love doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not our own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Now, when it talks about thinking no evil, what it means is this. Love doesn't keep score of the sins of others. Love doesn't keep score. Uh, love, love doesn't <clears throat> uh, keep score because love has a bad memory. It finds a way to forget the sins of others. Now, again, you, you can't forget anything. But you can refuse to remember do you know the difference between those two things? You see, here's what we tend to do when somebody's hurt us, right? Uh, there's a perverse pleasure in bringing it back to mind, right? And uh, so we think about it, and it bothers us, and, you know, it upsets us, and sometimes we spend uh, time awake at night because we can't let go of it. There's kind of that perverse pleasure uh, in it. And, and then we'll talk to somebody else about it. What we'll do when we talk to somebody else, 
about it is we rehearse the whole thing all over again. They do this, they do that, they do that. And, and what we're looking for is we're looking for the response of, oh, they are so hard. How, how, how can you put up with that? They need to do something about that, right? And, and what we're doing there is we're remembering. We're bringing it to mind. We're bringing it back up. We're stirring it back up for ourselves. And when we do that, we're actively remembering. Right? What you've got to do is you've got to come to the place where you say, I'm not going to dwell on it anymore. I'm not going to think about it anymore. You say, that's impossible. I can't do that. It's so, such a, so painful in my life. It is humanly speaking impossible. But the things that are impossible with man are not impossible with God. And God wants you to know that, listen, in him, you can do this. You can actually go into the place uh, where you can put it behind you and you can move on, even if the other person refuses uh, to deal with it. Right? So love doesn't keep score. Let me ask you. Do you need to tear up the scorebook of the wrongs that you've been done and the times you've been hurt? Do you need to tear up the scorebook? You're going to say, but, but they'll do it again. Okay, let me ask a question here. Jesus forgave you your sin. All right? Have you done it again? Have you ever gone back and done something again? What if Jesus kept score? What if Jesus decided, okay, listen, I forgave you that before, but then you've done it again. That's it. You're done. You're finished. We'd be in the sorry state, wouldn't we? Because we're not that good. We don't get it that right. And so you can't make the excuse of, well, they may hurt me again. Yeah, they might hurt you again. Now, and, and again, let me, let me say this. I am not suggesting for a moment that you put yourself in danger to somebody uh, who has hurt you and uh, done you wrong. There, there, there are issues and there are issues in, in terms of these things. But what I am saying is that you can't actually harbor ill will, bad feeling towards somebody because of the wrongs that they've done you. And then we have the greatest, most profound statement on this topic in the entire Bible. The finest, purest, highest example of forgiveness. When he hung on the cross, um, condemned to death by evil men who plotted to murder him, who produced lying witnesses to convict him, as he surveyed the howling mob assembled to cheer his suffering, Jesus, the Son of God, the one who knew no sin, the only truly innocent man who ever walked this sin-cursed planet, in his dying moments utters word that's, uttered words that still ring across the centuries. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Right? <clears throat> of all the people that ever lived that had a right to demand justice, Jesus was it. But we see him hanging on the cross, refusing to hold on to any bitterness towards these people that were doing it. Those words sweep away all our shabby excuses. We don't have any reason for saying no, I won't forgive. Whatever, whatever excuse you might have just gets blown away by them. You know, we say, well, if only the people who hurt me would come and, and deal with the issue, which shows some remorse, some sorrow, then I could forgive them. When Jesus is on the cross, nobody seemed very sorry. No, nobody seemed to actually be uh, very concerned about him at all. In fact, they were mocking him. They were jeering him. They, 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 they were laughing 
at, at him and taunted him as he hung there naked for no reason at all except for our sin. Jesus took our sin on him and he said, in spite of all that they did, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Now, you and I, for our part, need to have that same spirit about us. We need to be willing to forgive, willing to let go, willing to come to that place where we're not harboring grudges, where we're not harboring ill will, where we're not uh, <coughs> holding on to issues with people. We need to be willing to actually let them go. Release them and let them go. Um, now, forgiveness is difficult in part because we do not understand it properly. Now, I'm going to try and clear up some misconceptions for us here because the misconceptions make it very hard for us to actually deal with this issue of forgiveness. And I realize, you know, there are different, there, there's a scale of issues that we have to forgive, right? I mean, uh, you, you have to forgive that person that burnt your toast when you were just looking for that nice piece of toast and so on. But that's not a big deal. If you have a problem with that, come and see me because that shouldn't be a problem for you, right? <laughs> Uh, but uh, you know, then then there then then there are on the other end of the scale, there's the abuse that's affected your life and just you know you know has dogged you all through your life. Like, so there there are there there are, are scale uh, of differences. Some things are much more difficult for us to let go of, right? And and so we need to be able to negotiate them intelligently and, and biblically if we're going to actually be able to forgive uh, people that did stuff, right? So let me give you some things, because it's kind of easier to look at this from what it's not than it is really to look at it from what it is in some ways, right? So first of all, uh, forgiveness does not mean pretending that evil never took place. That will, that will burn your mind out, trying to pretend it never happened. If it happened, it happened. If it happened, it happened, and there's no way for you to say that it didn't happen. And there's no way that anybody should say that to somebody else. You know, it never happened, it didn't happen. No, it happened, it happened. If somebody did you wrong and, and they hurt you, then, you know, you, you have to acknowledge, you have to reckon on what they did. That's, that's just reality, okay? Secondly, it does not mean making excuses for other people's bad behavior. Well, bless his heart, he had his own problems. He may have had his own problems, but that doesn't excuse what he did to you. He may have, uh, you know, uh, major difficulty, difficulties in his life, but that does not excuse somebody uh, doing something to somebody else. Uh, it does not mean justifying evil so that sin somehow becomes less sinful. You, you, we're not going to make little of sin. If somebody else did wrong, they did wrong. Uh, it does not mean overlooking abuse. And I suppose this, this is the one that is, is kind of really thorny for people. If there's been abuse in the situation, it can't be overlooked. And I think the church, not the LifeGate, but the church at large, you know, has been guilty of doing that, of actually kind of overlooking abuse. And oftentimes the reasons were, you know, to, to protect God's cause. God's cause doesn't need to be protected when there's wrong. If there's abuse, it needs to be exposed and dealt with. And nobody needs to pretend to hide it so that some poor victim is going around 
in agony of soul uh, because a wrong was done to them that's never been righted and never been dealt. I, that, that's not right. Uh, you, you can't overlook it. Uh, it does not mean denying that others tried to hurt you repeatedly. Sometimes people will try and make you believe it didn't happen. That's never happened, it happens. And if it continues to happen, it continues to happen. Uh, it does not mean letters, letting others walk all over you. You will need to take issue with some things and deal with them. You know, forgiveness doesn't mean that you can't do that. Forgiveness doesn't disempower you. Forgiveness empowers you. Right? It's not something that actually makes you uh, a doormat, but it's rather something that actually empowers you with the power of the Spirit of God to deal much better with the issues in your life than you have been dealing with them. Um, it does not mean refusing to press charges when crime has been committed. And I think, you know, we need to recognize that somebody pressing charges in a situation where they've been done a great wrong, uh, you know, you can forgive somebody and still press charges. And, you know, <clears throat> if somebody committed a crime, God has set up the church for one side and he has set up the, uh, the civil authorities for another. The civil authorities need to take over and actually deal with those things. It doesn't mean that, that you can't, somebody can't be prosecuted when a crime is committed. It doesn't mean forgetting the wrong that was done. You can't forget. It's not humanly possible for you actually to forget something that happened. Everything, in, everything that's happened in our lives rolls around there in the gray matter and stays there. Right? And you can't forget. Uh, it does not mean pretending that you were never hurt. Um, it does not mean that you must restore the relationship to what it was before. If somebody has broken trust with you, right, by doing something that, that has really uh, created a problem for you, then uh, you, you forgiving them doesn't mean that automatically the relationship is going to be back to where it was before. And it's unreally, unreasonable for somebody to expect and it's unreasonable for you to expect that of yourself. Right? You know, uh, if somebody has made themselves your enemy, you're going to have to be careful around them. And you're going to have to gauge how you relate to them now, if at all. You know, forgiving somebody means releasing them and letting them go. It doesn't mean you take them back into your bosom so they can hurt you again. Right? You have to be, <clears throat> you know, we have to just destroy some of the ideas that, that, that really are not helpful at all. Um, it does not mean that you must become best friends again. And some people will do that too. They will say, look, I thought you forgave me. Can we be best, can we be friends again? I thought you forgave me, but hang on a minute, if you forgave me? Um, there's a trust that's got to be rebuilt and I may not be up for rebuilding that relationship. I just may not be up for actually rebuild, rebuilding that. And there's, there's a, an, an emotional manipulation sometimes that goes into it for Christians um, that is not reasonable at all. Right? Um, can you rebuild a relationship after the trust has been broken after somebody has hurt you? Yes, you can. Do you have to? Not necessarily. You know, these things have got to be worked out. You've got you to tease through these things and work them out. Um, it does not mean there must be a total reconciliation as if nothing ever happened. I think that's a burden that we sometimes carry uh, as believers, that we want, to, we want a reconciliation so that it's like nothing ever happened. Again, that's not possible. We're human. 
things happen in our lives that affect us, that change us effectively. And it's, it's, it's often not possible for us to just go back to the old relationship in the short or even in the long term. And sometimes we put a pressure on ourselves because of a false idea of forgiveness that is not helpful. Forgiveness is releasing them and letting them go. You don't owe me anything. Well, that does not mean that I have to have the same relationship that I had with you before. Um, uh, it does not mean that you have, must tell the person that you have forgiven them, right? Now, that's kind of a difficult one because, you know, if, if somebody hasn't repented in any way or they're maybe even refusing to acknowledge that they hurt you, you going and telling them that you forgive them is a bit nonsensical, right? Um, it's not about you having to go and tell them you forgive them. Obviously, you'd like the idea that the, the most whole approach to this thing would be for the person who's wronged you to come to you and ask your forgiveness, and you give them forgiveness, and then everything, uh, that changes things. But if somebody's done you wrong and they haven't, they haven't admitted it, or they haven't, um, aren't willing to acknowledge it, you going to them and telling them that you forgive them, maybe just you opening yourself up to more. There are also those times when, when the person that hurts you is actually dead, so there's no way for you to go to them. You don't have to go to the person to tell them that you forgive them. Now, obviously, if somebody genuinely asks you for, their, for your forgiveness for something, that's a different thing. You need to work with that one. But you don't have to um, go and tell them that you forgive them. It's releasing them and letting them go. You're not expecting that payback in this situation. You're not expecting them to deal with it. Um, and does not mean that all the negative consequences of sin are canceled. Like somebody does you wrong and hurts you deeply. Well, you know what? You may have consequences of that going on in your life. Uh, and the fact that you've forgiven them doesn't mean that all that's canceled. You may have trauma that you're still dealing with. And we like to think, you know, that if we do things God's way, then uh, everything gets taken away and we're, we're back to normal. Not necessarily. Right? Yes, you're going to be right with God. But you may still be wading through some stuff that happened to you because of what that person did to you. Right? So it's, it's important that we, have an, uh, that we have an understanding of what forgiveness is not. Because all too often, people who are not suffering with a problem dish out glib promises to people who are suffering with a problem uh, that are impossible for them to apply. And we just make their pain worse, right? So, no, they, they don't have to make things right with the person so that everything is good and happy and, and pretend like it never happened. No, that's, that's probably not going to happen. Forgiveness is a matter of the heart. I read about a guy this week, and um, he had been abused by a neighbor uh, when, when he was a kid. And now, having been abused by the neighbor, he lived in a, in a, in a home that wasn't open or, or in any sense emotionally alive. And so what happened is there was nobody he could go to. And he devoted his life to helping people because he was a fixer and he wanted to help people. And then the issue of his own pain and his own hurt came sweeping into him. And, you know, just kind of caught him off guard and he realized that he, that he wasn't in any way whole himself. By the way, particularly with abuse, 
you have a survival instinct and a mind that is wonderfully made and you have an ability to block off things that are too painful for you to deal with. They say that children, you know, have to have to be given words to help them articulate what's happened to them because they, 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 they don't have words, so they don't talk about it because they don't have words to say it. Say it. And, and their mind often puts something away um, in, in, in a way that makes it easy for them to understand, easy for them to actually take and comprehend. You see kids doing that all the time uh, with all kinds of issues. Uh, but they'll do it uh, with, with some great pain in their lives too. So, so what happens is uh, that gets put away and then something triggers it. Years later, and it all comes tumbling out. And it's all there and, and, they're, and they're facing the whole thing. And then they have to start dealing with it. Well, well, this man had to actually deal with it and he had to, his, his father was dead. Now his father hadn't done the abuse, but his father uh, was not there to help him with it. And he, he had to go and stand at the grave and have a two hour conversation with his father. And he said that, that really began the healing for him, where he actually began to deal with the issue and to let it go. Sometimes you actually need to take and deal with the issue, go, go and talk to somebody. There is something about when you verbalize what happened in your life uh, to somebody, uh, hopefully that you can trust, somebody that, that not, not, not like in that situation where you're going to the grave, but when you can actually verbalize it and talk it through, that is so helpful to us as human beings. And somebody else can say, yeah, I see what's going on. I see you in this situation. There's something so helpful to us uh, in that. I, but the, the thing is, you need to deal with it so that you can come to the place where you can release them and let them go. That's what needs to happen in your life. Um, right? And so how often do you need to do it? Well, you may need to do it quite often. Right. Uh, you may need to actually come to the place where, you know, you deal with issues in your life. And because bitterness is a root that springs up, what will happen is oftentimes you're dealing with different roots of it uh, and dealing with different areas of it and getting rid of them and forgiving and letting go uh, in different areas. And kind of working your way through your life where you're actually letting go of the things and the hurts and the pains that have been done to you. But in order to live a successful Christian life, in order to have a good spiritual relationship with God and with others, you actually have to come to that place uh, where you can release them and let them go. Right? Now, we're going to come back to this next week. I don't want to, don't want to rush the next part. We're going to come back to it next week. But, but let me ask you a couple of questions tonight. First of all, do you have a book in your head? Or God forbid, even a book where you have things written down? Uh, about the things that people have done to you, about the wrongs that you've been doing. You write them down so you won't forget. Or you rehearse them in your mind with other people so you won't forget. And you have a book. You know what? That's a problem. I'm not, going, I'm not going to tell you to go and get it and put it in the fire, but I'm going to tell you this, that you actually need to deal with the book. Right? You need to deal with the book. Second question is this, right? Is there somebody in your life that you need to release and let go. They've done you wrong and you know they've done you wrong. You know what? <clears throat> That's real. 
There may be an issue legally for them that they need to actually deal with. It may never come to that. Um, but they've done you wrong, and you know they've done you wrong, and it needs to be uh, dealt with. But you would say, okay, tonight I know I need to come to the place of forgiveness. I'm not asking you just to do some, you know, glib thing where you say, okay, I forgive them all, right? You know, you can't release some, somebody from something you're not actually recognizing yourself, right? So is there something, is there someone in your life that you need to release and let go? You need to say, well, I'm going to let this go. I'm going to let this issue go. Let me give you something that's been helpful to me, and then we'll come back to it next week, right? Three things that you can commit to that are actually very human and very possible, right? Uh, first of all, uh, you, you can commit to not dwelling on what they did to you anymore. Now, let me say this before I do that. If you haven't dealt with it, you're going to have to talk about it, potentially talk about it, and actually come to that place where you can decide, no, I'm I'm not going to dwell on it anymore, right? But if it's something that, you know, has been somewhat dealt with and there isn't isn't a major issue except in your heart, (laughs) you know, and you can say, okay, I'm not going to dwell on it anymore. I'm not going to talk about it anymore, right? And you see, not thinking about it is something you can do. You do have control of your thinking. God wouldn't tell you to keep your heart with all diligence uh, if it was impossible for you. You do have control. Now, you may have let your thinking run for years, and there's a problem there for you, um, but you do have the ability to control your thinking. Right? So <clears throat> you need to either come to that place where um, you're not going to talk about it, you're, you're not going to dwell on it, and you're not going to bring it up with that person again. Right? Now, those things are very practical things that you can do. They're very practical things. And you may not be able to say tonight, well, okay, that's where I am. I'm, I'm, I'm there, Pastor. Right? You might be able to say that, and that's great. Go for it. Right? But you may need to deal with some of these things in a deeper way. The, the option that's off the table tonight is I won't forgive, I can't forgive. That's the option that's off the table. Right? You can't do that one. You can do, oh, Lord, I'm having a hard time helping. You can do, Lord, I want to get to that place where I forgive. Because remember this, that you're given over to the tormentors. You may be tormented about what they did to you. And they're not, they don't even know. They don't even care. You're the one that's actually tormented with the situation. And what you need to do is spiritually, you need to say, okay, Jesus has forgiven me so much. By grace, I'm going to find a way that I can actually forgive what was done to me. All right, let's have a word of prayer, and then I'll give you an opportunity to talk. Father, heaven, thank you for this evening. Thank you for these people that have come on now. Lord, would you bless us? Would you help us, Lord? Work in hearts and lives tonight, Lord. And Lord, may it be that those things that we hold on to, Lord, that we let them go, that we release people and let them go. Now, Lord, bless. For that one that's struggling tonight, Lord, that's drowning in it, Lord, I pray that you reach down and touch them and lift them up and help them to see that it's possible for them to. And for that one that needs to make a commitment, Lord, may they make that commitment now. And Lord, we do thank you for the great forgiveness that you've given us. Bless us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Let me ask you all to unmute yourselves.
Anybody want to add some thoughts or comments to what we're looking at tonight? Critical issue for all of us. And um, one of those things, it's a life skill that if you can exercise it well, it will help you to live whole and healthy in a very broken world. But it's not possible that you're going to live a life where there are no offenses and there are no hurts. Jesus said, he said, it's impossible that offenses will come and you need to deal with them. Uh, you need to work your way through them and come out the other side.